Hello and welcome to episode three of Nothing and Like It, the FWA's adventures on television. My name is Kieran Lefort and I will host a show in five seconds, host a show in four seconds. I'm not going to do all the rest of it. <laughs> As ever, I can't do this alone. Uh, I need to introduce my two co-hosts. Uh, he swerves when he drives. It's the hot and flexible Andy Ogden. Andy, how you doing? I doubt I'm not inflexible at 39 year old. But yes, no, I do slow when I drive, and you you film me in the middle of less. I was going to say, so I have video that. evidence that you are very bad at the Prince Nana dance. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, also our returning traveller, baby, kiss him like a rock star, Eddie Sideburns. Eddie, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm living on FWA, baby. Uh, this this sh- these shows you've made me watch. My God, uh, I cannot wait to get into this. You volunteered for this project. There's no. Oh, I know. Oh no, I know. But just my God, there's so much stuff. I am I'm really excited to talk about this. There's just so much. Mm. Every time we do, every time we get ready and build up for this podcast, it is just fun uh, because it's just it's so easy. These episodes are just so easy to watch. But also, <laughs> there's so much that you have to go. What the actual fuck did I just watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I personally can't do it in one watch. I can't watch and take <laughs> notes at the same time. So I have to watch them, which I usually do quite soon after we've recorded the previous episode because I I end up on a weird little FWA high, and then like two or three days before we record again, I have to watch them again, but pause and take notes. <laughs> yeah, some of this stuff I've seen like three times or what have you. Um. Going forward, I kind of want to start each episode with a bit of a, like an errors and omissions segments, like stuff uh, we missed out or, or cocked up or we've been informed of by our, our um, growing number of insiders that correspond. Um, and I thought I had a whole list, uh, and I don't because I couldn't remember and I couldn't find in the emails. Um, the only thing that was brought to my attention, uh, that kid's German that we talked about in episode one, I think, uh, he was the man who got squashed by the Dominator, who now no longer exists in FWA law. Yeah. He is a he is another former UWA alumnus. Oh no! His, <laughs> his name is Jens Hellman, and he was one of the referees. All oh, right. Yeah. Thank you, Phil Jones, for that. So um, I will list off uh, uh, our former UWA alumni: Ross Gordon, Kenny McBride, Alex Shane, Guy Thunder, Steve Linsky, Mo Chatra. Mark Sloan, both members of the new breed, Kid German, Jorge Castano, Kerry Cabrero, Johnny Storm, and we gain one more over the course of the shows we're going to talk about today. Some roster, that, Kieran. Some roster. (laughs) The other thing that was also pointed out to me is that in the title tournament, seven of the eight wrestlers in it are ex-Hammerlock. And that's that's something I kind of can't, I don't have the knowledge to cover um, myself on this show is like the, the Hammerlock rift. Like basically if you worked for Hammerlock, you weren't allowed to work anywhere else. And that was like a real point of frustration. So a lot of people broke away, which is how they ended up in UWA, UCW, and then FWA. Um, it's kind of why a lot of them have, um, uh, have the nicknames they have so it's why alex shane is the show stealer that was his hammerlock nickname it's why mark sloan is the specialist that was his hammerlock nickname and like andre baker the guy who ran hammerlock wanted everybody to have like a marketable nickname right. um yeah uh oh uh jody fleisch was a fearless jody flash in hammerlock 
I'm pretty sure because one of the one of the uh, the signs in one of the earlier episodes says Jodie Flash. I'm pretty sure or something yes, like does. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we thought he'd just been named that in UWA, uh, but uh, apparently not. No, it went back before that. W- was there only a couple of training schools at that time? You know, like Hammerlock, and was a was there anywhere um, else? We kind of listed them off in episode one. So like. Alex Shane's uh, Capital City Pro Wrestling ah, yes. was more of a training school than it was like um, like a, 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 a wrestling promotion. Uh, obviously, FWA in Portsmouth was a lot of training that kind of became a promotion and then would beget a purpose-built training thing. Um, oh, yeah. the other thing was about the rings. Remember we mentioned about the FWA rings? Yeah. Mark yeah. Sloan's dad made the rings. <laughs> Which was kind of why they were, because he wasn't a wrestling guy, it's kind of why they went together differently to other rings in the UK. Like, for example, most other rings, the boards are more long, thin planks, whereas the FWA ring actually had what we would think of as boards. Yeah. Like like shorter, wider panels, if you like. And to be honest, that that Sloan ring was probably the sturdiest thing around because he had been used that that much i think i mentioned before it weighed a fucking ton the only thing that didn't weigh a ton on that on that ring were the turnbuckle pads take it from someone who had to load it onto and unload it from a van many many times (laughs) yeah hefty piece of kit so we are going to start by talking about Frontier Wrestling Episode 9, uh, taped July the 29th, 2001, aired on September the 17th, 2001. So this show has had a week off and has moved days from Friday to Monday. If you cast your mind back, you may have be able to think of a significant world event that happened the week before this show aired. I mean, I don't think... Uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to outright name it, but yes. Yes. Yeah understandable that people might not want to run you know wrestling (laughs) (laughs) from a community center in Portsmouth I mean it really just depends doesn't it I mean you know you want to be respectful you want to you know or you could just be like the the company at the time who's you know one of their the the owner's daughter brought up (laughs) the events was like when when her dad was taken to court by the US government good lord um so uh, Commissioner Demon Fort comes out of her office to interrupt two women chatting. She, oh shit, I don't want to use this word now. We've talked about that. She towers over the pair of them. <laughs> I, I, my, my, my first note here was how fucking tall is VDM? Yes, yes. I. She's got to be like 5'9", and she's in heels. Uh, she looks like Stephanie McMahon. She really does. Yes, she's the spitting image of Steph at that point. Well, no, she is. She is. I am dressed as Stephanie McMahon for Halloween, really, <laughs> isn't she? But it's like so. They just it just cuts to this, and then you see her walking out, and then mm. it's clearly Angel, and then Angel's well, you, there. You say yeah? clearly, but the, but this is the thing. I've put her down, and I've put the name down as the woman with Scott Parker. Because I just couldn't remember who it was. Yeah. And then I found out at the end, like, oh, it's Angel. I'm amazed that you recognised her because she doesn't have her <laughs> cowboy hat on. She now has brown hair and she's wearing glasses. She was blonde two weeks ago on this show. I, it took me ages to work out who she was. 
the cowboy hat is clearly she's watched Trish Stratus and went, well, you know, this is the hip <laughs> thing at the moment. Well, she's curry, trying to curry favour with Jim Ross. And the, and the other lady with her um, angel is the one and only, the free bar heater <laughs> champion of the world, Pippa Levin. <laughs> I didn't know where her surname is. I just heard her say Pippa and I was like, yes, right, okay. She does. We will, we will cover this in more, in more detail uh, later on. So... Uh, Angel uncharismatically introduces woman number two to Victoria as Pippa, who equally uncharismatically gets uh, Victoria's name wrong, calling her Vanessa. Uh, Vicky takes offence, saying she shouldn't be surprised. You are a wrestler after all. Uh, the the two women laugh, uh, and Vicky says the only reason Scott Parker keeps Angel around is because you give him for free what other people charge for. Uh, Angel uh, slaps Vicky who responds by punishing Scott Parker telling Angel she can go and tell him that he is now in a handicap match tonight and tell him why uh, uh, this line fucking hell tell him why he can end up a cripple within an inch of his life in the (laughs) ring Uh, she storms off there's some sort of mumbled punchline and we cut to the red titles so the mumbled punchline is it must be the it must be her time of the month oh fuck me I cringed so much. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not a patch on Tony Storm's line from this week's Dynamite, uh, where she's talking about Soraya and she's on commentary. She's talking about Soraya and she, she goes, "When we were in a trio, we all synced up. So if I'm on, she's on." <laughs> <laughs> One of, the, one of the other things about this company and these these backstage acting segments, which are akin to East, a, a really Z Shop B East EastEnders, even uh, I call this worse than Sharknado. <laughs> I would call it almost as bad as the Room. Oh hi, Mark Sloan. I did not hit it. I did not. Um, it's the it's just like the music playing underneath it cuts out so many bits. I didn't yeah. know that she called her Vanessa. I just thought she said called her Demon Fort or something like that. <laughs> and that's why she took offence. And then just the end of line hearing the must be the time of the month. I was like, oh, for God's I sake. Do, I do like that between us, we've managed to piece it all together, though, because I heard bits that you didn't and you heard bits <laughs> that I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, did you hear all of it? <laughs> Um, it, it, it was all muffled for me. Yeah. I, I didn't even know if she would call Vanessa for like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> what the visions of Vanessa felt. I don't, we, <laughs> we cut to another um, sterling Oscar winning segment. Uh, Angel and Guy Thunder are in Scott Parker's dressing room. Uh, <sighs> they mumble about how they don't think he should go through the match on account of his injured ribs. He mumbles back that he thought he was getting a rematch with Doug Williams, but instead it, he's in this handicap match and he wonders where Demon Fort got this idea. Thunder, it was probably because Angel slapped her earlier on, innit? <laughs> <laughs> he talks so quietly. I know. It's like, his name is Thunder. He should be loud. <laughs> We, we talked about the, the, the loudness of Thunder <laughs> yeah. previously. Um, Parker isn't happy to find this out, and Angel reassures him with an unconvincing, I'm sure you'll win. Is, is, this, is this FWA's version of the Mega Powers, even though they've not actually teamed up yet? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why these two are friends. Because, like, three or four weeks ago, they had a match, and, like, they were, like, they were scrapping because it looked like Thunder was going <laughs> after Angel. Because good friends, a, better enemies, isn't it? That, 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 that Be- because in a segment that we're gonna we're gonna see later on, I was I put down this is like FWA's version of the Mega 
hours, <laughs> even though they've never teamed. <laughs> well, that, that, that's why she's dyed her hair brunette to be Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> So, on to our first match. We are back at the headquarters of the Hampshire County BNP chapter. There are flags a go go, <laughs> giant Union Jacks. It is Solid Gold Scott Parker versus Mark Sloan and James Ty. Uh, before they went to Guy Funder, it showed um, a shot of Sloan and Ty coming in. Mm. And it was like the Zawa of I wrote Sloan and Ty, the heels, get more streamers than a Kentakabashi Triple Crown challenge. What the fuck? <laughs> Why oh. does if if they keep going on about Scott's broken ribs? Why does he have no tape on his ribs? I don't forget in real life <laughs> these broken ribs happened like two and a half months ago, and oh, then okay. there's another two months added on top of that by the time it gets to TV. I mean, if you've seen our spreadsheet, you will see how far behind the TV gets by the time we get to the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the final TV episodes is showing stuff that is nine months out of date. By the way, this match has the weakest jump start I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Mark Sloan turns my stomach, says Mark Priest, as Ty and Sloan double-team Parker. Oh, James Christ. Ty is a good man at heart, but he's fallen in with a bad crowd. A crowd of one, a crowd called Mark Sloan. Oh, th th this, 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 um, you know, paragraph what uh, Mark Priest says. Sloan has a lot of lucha influence, but the only side he's showing is nastiness. And if he had the chance, he would grab Angel by the throat. Tequila. Oh, God. <laughs> the worst joke I've ever, yeah. honestly. But he's like, he goes, he also goes, oh, my, my, I remembered why I don't like Priest and then also have like mixed feelings towards him because he just comes out with some good lines and then also like it's just a uh... but he goes on like Mark Sloan will let anyone play in his games unlike when the reindeer would let Rudolph play yeah. and I'm like what? what? <laughs> Eddie did you get the line as well hi I'm Mark Priest and he wants to be a heartthrob I'm 44 36, yes. 34 and I'm a Taurus I'm a Taurus <laughs> <sighs> so the heels beat up Parker until he wipes him out with a tope onto the ramp. Uh, he tries to split him up, sending Ty back into the ring and hoofing Sloan up to the entranceway. But Ty, Ty by himself cuts him off, and the beating continues. Fan cam shamelessly zooms in on Angel's ass. Yes. <laughs> Fan cam as well. At one point during the match, um, goes into grayscale like twenty years before Tony Storm ever fought. <laughs> Fan cam has always been uh, has always been black and white on on these shows. Um, it's to disguise how cheap and shit it is. Mm. Uh, there's, also, there's also a bit where uh, Mark Priest again. This is just going to be the mm. Mark Priest segment for this entire. He goes on about Scott Parker loves rings and women. Yes, yes, I have that. <laughs> he also talks about. He goes into his own, Priest goes into his own world, chatting about cheating, breaststrokes, and flies and soups. He 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 does say if Mark Sloan was a crisp flavor, he would be cheating onion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody. Whoever owned the VHS that this was captured from obviously watched Mark Sloan missing his scent on Atomico <laughs> onto the ramp many times because the tape is so worn out you can't even see it. It's just inter interference. And <laughs> the, Im the impact of the specialist's bum landing on there just exploded the tape. <laughs> Back in the ring, Parker Golden Arrows type. Angel distracts the referee. What is she doing? 
She's jumping up on the apron to shout, pin him, pin him, pin, uh, pin him to Parker, which distracts the ref, allowing Ty to hit solid gold in his gold nuggets. And then quite a nice super kick into a German suplex mm-hmm. for the pin. You don't need to do that on the apron, though. You can do that down there. I, was, I, know. I just kept looking. I was like, what's she doing? <laughs> I have written in all caps, one star. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the match, Parker is dismayed and Angel just shrugs and walks out. They're ju- so, yeah, Ty and Sloan are just walking off and she's just looking around, shrugging and then waving to the fans and then yep. just going, eh. I'm like, what is going on? This is the start of the turn. You must know that in wrestling, you can't trust women, mm. particularly in 2001. Any advance on one star? Um, one star with a five star commentary. <laughs> it's not the worst match of what we're going to talk about uh, of the of the, uh, the match we're going to talk about. It's no. it's pre- it's me- <laughs> not memorable. I would say uh, on a show containing two matches, it is not the worst match on this show. <laughs> yeah, Mark yeah. Priest's uh, funky party should be investigated the way he talks. <laughs> hey, are you swinging hip cats? <laughs> the amount of times I heard that, I saw that thing. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, just move they, on. They, so they in the ad breaks, they advertise the music CD every week, and it's it's a different theme song playing underneath the same like Mark Priest lines, uh, and I can't remember what it is verbatim, but it's along the lines of "Hey, all you funky hip cats, when I get down at my funky parties, I play FWA the music volume one." <laughs> I would smash his stereo if I was at his party on that plane. <laughs> show, the show. <laughs> so match number two is uh, for the FWA tag team title. It is La Familia, the Castanos, uh, versus the new breed, Ashen Curve, versus Jack Xavier and Paul Travell. Uh, mm-hmm. This all came about because... Uh, the new breed interrupted a Xavier and Travell versus Castano's match on mm. I can't remember what episode number it was. We talked about it on our on our last episode. Yeah. Um and Demon Fort hauled them all over the coals and made this match. Very um, interesting wording from Mark Priest about how the uh, the opening of this match starts given the events of the week before. He when he calls it a pearl harboring. <laughs> we don't know when the commentary was recorded um he also explains a three-way match in the most complicated way possible it's not just whoever gets the pin wins and they're the tag champs it's if a member of the new breed pins jack xavier then the castanos lose the tag titles if jorge castano's team pin paul travel then they retain the tag just first pin wins that's it one thing as well with this match um i know i know you mentioned what happened in the previous week but there was, the, it needed a match package if you just jumped in as yeah. like the view for that week it missed a match package for me mm. he he said he, mark priest says he's gonna shop for a while at the beginning and then oh. five seconds later starts talking <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, he says that Capo Khan hasn't been seen since he helped the Castanos win the FWA tag title. So, maybe he's done with the company. Um, Mm -hmm. Travell and Xavier attack the champions on the ramp, like all good baby faces. Uh, New Breed were apparently just already in the ring. Yeah. Uh, All the baby faces beat up the Colombians, but break each other's pins. Uh, And then things settle down to Travell and Ash doing hesitant spots as Priest does his explanation of a three-way match. Priest says, I don't want to miss a minute of the action, so I'll shut up for a while. Who wants to tell me exactly how long Mark Priest is quiet for? I put I put I put five seconds, but okay. I'm willing to go a little bit extra for eight. Okay. I will go four. <laughs> 
Andy wins the speedboat. I timed it. He is silent for exactly four seconds. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, does a Hurricane Rana and a Moonsault on Ash on the ramp, but Curve brings him back in, then just super kicks him back out again, and then clotheslines him back in again. <laughs> My next note is, this match sucks. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. such a mess. Did you see that some people behind the, the Castanos were throwing stuff at them and they were getting pissy? Yeah, so you get two cuts to uh, Alex Castano having screaming matches with children over (laughs) the barricade. I mean, we're at a fucking BMP rally. I can't imagine they're very progressive towards Colombians. I was going to say the EDL had just performed about an hour before, probably, or something like that. This... Andy and I watched a lot of very bad tag team matches in when we did oh, the UWA yeah. stuff. This adheres to the same tagging rules as there. You just don't. <laughs> like, it's not no officially tags, is there? Well, there are and there aren't. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, Jorge Castano beats up Jack Xavier until Jack comes back with a tornado DDT. Hey, Castano- hey, the, the line from Priest about Jack Xavier... Chunky as Oxo, beefier than gravy, the gravy man. <laughs> I think I know where you're about to go to, and I agree with Jack Xavier, Tornado DDT's Castano, pins yeah. him, he kicks out, Castano just gets up, I think, and then just suplexes him like nothing happened. Yep. <laughs> I've got that down because I was like, this is just the shits here we're getting to. But I would say, I would say even though... It was the shits as a match. The, the the screaming kids are enjoying it, at least making noise. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, if you're looking at it from a must-see matches perspective. <laughs> and, yeah. and the, does it work for the fans in the room on the night? <laughs> it works for the fans on the night. It just doesn't work in TV 2023. <laughs> Alex Castano does the two things he can do well, which is a leaping runner off the top and a lion salt, but Jack gets his knees up on the lion salt. Uh, the ringside cameraman then has a brief fascination with what looks like a sweet wrapper on the apron. <laughs> he also focuses on there's a got breed sign and then Mark Grace decides to bury breed TV. Yes. Um, which is just, it becomes a, an ongoing thing. Mark yes, Priest yes. against breed. Uh, Jack hits his sky high with an elbow drop twist. So this is one of at least three moves that over the course of the short career of Jack Xavier would be called the Xaviator. Uh, Curve tags in 100% fresh and immediately gets battered by Xavier. Uh, my next <laughs> note is, I hate this, and there's still seven minutes of the show left. Uh, they must have fucked something up royally because we get a series of crowd shots and then Curve is just back on his feet tagging out. <laughs> There's, I think it, it's Travel hits a is it, Travel hits a cracking move on one of the new breed, and then he misses an elbow drop, which just looks yeah. like a leg drop. Yeah. Um. There's a butt bump, which oh, is kind of like a doink hell. move, and abs- And I've put just a mess here, an absolute mess. Yeah. Who forgot the spots here? Because there's a moment where they're just two of them are like, well, I think one guy's looking at just forgetting completely what on earth is going on. Ash does like um, a flying cock I did pop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is this is that move we're talking about. Uh, Priest calls yeah. it a butt bump. Travel takes it and then just rolls him backwards into a sunset flip clutch anyway. Um, he then does a drop toe hold on the wrong leg into a cloverleaf, which gets broken up by Jorge. Um, <laughs> insert your own joke here. The referee must be a fan of great wrestling, says Mark Priest. Uh, Curve is apparently legal again. Travel T-bones him and then just gets out of the ring. We cut to Alex having a shouting match with the kids in the front row. And when we come back, Xavier is legal without attack. Uh, 
Xavier rolls out of the way of the linchpin van Terminator, pulling Curve's face into the path of the chair. And to be fair, he gets fucking walloped. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely wrecked. Yes. Um, yeah. Curve is down. Curve is exhausted, says Priest, as we clearly see him drag Zack Xavier off the apron. Uh, the breed then hit what would become Santana and Ortiz's street sweeper, but the Castanos yeah. rush the ring and bundle them out, allowing Jorge to pin, tra- to pin Travel, despite neither Castano being legal. <laughs> The Castanos are the best team. They're just sitting in the corner watching this while it happens. They're, They're the smartest bored. team. They're the Kevin Nash of this match. <laughs> They're just like, we're just going to wait. I gave this minus one star. I called oh. it rotten Ooh. shite and possibly the worst match we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. First minus match. First minus match on this um, oh. FWA run. The new breed are bad. The new breed are really, really bad. Minus five stars. <laughs> there were some good uh, moves that occurred. Drizzling, mm. drizzling shits. I mean, <laughs> Travel's trying to wrestle for six. <laughs> yeah. There are there are six people here who, if I was honest, I don't think any of them communicated before the match or during, and just went, "We're just gonna, we're just gonna do yeah. something. We're gonna see what happens. We're not gonna call it out there." Yeah. But we know that the Castanos need to win. So how are we gonna get there? So weird. And it's bad. It's bad how they're pushing the the new breed as like the main the main tag team on this show. The dog shit, aren't they? Absolute yeah. dog. I, I oh, and we're gonna go into it a little bit more. I like the breed TV uh, promos. I don't. They're not as bad as the first one, which I remember was a bit of a sludge to get through. Mm. The ones that we see in this set are not that bad because I think they've kind of got to a point we've talked about it on both episodes before like they have great chemistry like as humans that it just mm. doesn't show up the moment they get in the ring i think it's like linked to their t-shirts like as soon as their t-shirts come off like they they lose all their charisma they lose all of their chemistry just, just disappears we will cover it bear in mind this is the team i once saw botch a fucking high five <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like pinky in the brain of wrestling uh, yeah. <laughs> he's not much of a brain but it's just like you know it's wayne's world as well they're just yeah. they're, they're trying to be hip they're trying to and the promos they've got the breed tv stuff down but when they're in the ring very shit yes. very very shit episode 10 aired september the 24th oh, uh God. we get a recap of the commissioner introducing kerry cabrero to take to take challenge i've written that doesn't make sense to challenge doug williams for his title uh, there is a horrible edit. Uh, Kerry lays down his challenge. Doug tells him he hasn't done anything in the FWA to be worth a title shot. Kerry beats Mr. Blonde, and tonight he gets his title match. Mm-hmm. After the titles, Pippa Levin versus Shelby Beach, or Pippa versus Shelby, as the name graphics uh, tell them. Uh, Shelby is already in the ring, and Pippa has to come out to the FWA theme. Andy, how much do you want to explain Pippa Levin to the poor, innocent listening public? <laughs> Yeah, so um, Pippa Levin, as I mentioned earlier, is a three-bar heater champion of the world <laughs> who has um, t- who does put on wrestling shows um, near Manchester City's ground in uh, in Manchester near the mm. Etihad Stadium. Um, I think it's oh, I don't know if it's a once a month thing or a once every three month thing. It's very much yeah for dirt, dirty old men going watching and um, you're paying a fee. Yes. 
there is also uh, what is known as apartment wrestling and custom wrestling. What? Yes. Oh, Eddie, has, <laughs> I wish this was a video show. <laughs> oh. Did you not know any of this? No, fuck no. 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 Yeah. It's, as, as I found out on my research from like a few years ago, it's about 50 quid to get in there. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, it, it's it's all a bit seedy and a bit weird. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know what? One of these days I will review it for Graps and Class. <laughs> <laughs> That's 50 quid going down the chain. It's 100 because Jeff's going with him. <laughs> <laughs> this this was just... like Obviously, yeah. Um, some guys beside Pippa... Uh, or beside Shelby, oh, sorry. That is that is that is John Farrer. Uh, he's introduced as the manager, Doctor John Farrer. Uh, I found out from our deep throat uh, that the idea from Wh- God, that sounds terrible in the context of this match. <laughs> the idea for women's wrestling on the shows came from John Farrer, uh, and he got these two for this show. Uh, right. Both of them are apparently still working today. Oh fuck off. <laughs> yeah, Pippa Levin is definitely. Um, Priest is correct when he says this is the first ever women's wrestling match on an FWA show. So note mm-hmm. that down in case it could win you a pub quiz. There also <laughs> won't be a. <laughs> perhaps based on the quality of this one, there will not be another until February 2002. <laughs> They're both not wearing any wrestling attire. They're just, you know. Well, it's... so uh, I wrote that Pippa has at least made a small effort with her gear and looks like a wrestler. Shelby, yeah. as was the style for women's wrestlers in the UK in the early 2000s, has spent 30 quid in new look, and that included the boots. Yeah, I think they call, Doctor Do- they call him the Doctor of Love or something like that, and I was like, right, okay. Yeah. I thought these people were like people who have wrestled like... Uh, Sweet Soraya, I assume, at some point or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so they, like, they, they would do what we would call normal professional wrestling, but there is also the sideline of uh things of a less family nature <laughs> yes I, I that's as far as i want to go <laughs> kieran a uh, yes. question for you john farrett wasn't he the one who had his ring nick by linsky in black <laughs> i think we have mentioned this on yeah. every show so far Excuse me, that yeah. is a conspiracy, and as we will discuss in more detail, Steve Linsky doesn't get involved in conspiracies. He's never had anything to do with stealing somebody's ring in Blackburn. <laughs> he was the man uh, for who promoted the show, and the ring did not arrive. Let us say that. Um, Allegedly. Yes. By, by Alex Shane and, and Steve Linsky. Let's be very clear here. But, you know, it was so, definitely them, but allegedly. We are very much dialed back to 2001 <laughs> as what I fuck it. I'm going to use this word on, on, on this, this podcast. The cunts are chanting, chanting, wash my dishes again, not at the heel. The baby face is on top. Yeah. Um, Shelby may be a woman, but she's a toned woman, a strong woman. I wouldn't like to meet her in a dark alley because given my track record, one wrong hand in one wrong place, and I'd be on the wrong end of a beating. Why is Mark Priest 
constantly painting himself as a fucking pervert. This character of Mark Priest over the course of these entire episodes, because he's doing a Joey Styles where he's the only one. Yeah. So he plays, he plays heel, he plays face, he now plays dirty fucking creep because he yes. does it in this. Yes. He's talking about, you know, oh, I, I, you know, my track record. There, there's points where I'm just like, he needs another guy. He needs someone else there because his entire I character call the fucking just feels... police. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'd call the police. <laughs> he says they fight at an all women's gym in Manchester. Cat fighting, if you will. And I'm like, Christ, I'm so glad the attitudes towards women's wrestling have changed. Like, this is so embarrassing. Yeah, this um, is it's horrendous. Speaking of embarrassing, they wrestle. Uh, Pippa just <laughs> randomly does an X Factor and then some suplexes. Um, uh, uh, Linsky calls a one count before he's even got down to look at the shoulders. Yeah, he's counting. There's yeah, he he's counting two when he's only just getting oh, down to count and one. We will yeah. get into this more later on. I think there are some things here that are gonna blow the stripes off your old ref shirt, Eddie. <laughs> oh, there's just rage. There's rage when I see Linsky ref in this time. <laughs> a clothesline goes so wrong that Pippa just grabs a headlock. Uh, Beach gets back on top with a crap tilt or well something and two rolling leg whips. Uh, I Priest- like the rolling leg whip, and there's a bit where Mark Priest just shouts at Steve to concentrate. Yes. Concentrate. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> yeah. uh, Priest calls a lame catapult that comes short of the corner a monkey flip, and then Pippa just grabs a crucifix literally out of nowhere and scores yeah. the pin despite Shelby's feet both being in the ropes. They were Beach on the ropes then- for the beginning bit, and then they came off. Yeah, that that yeah. that's one rare thing I will kind of defend. Also, <laughs> a monkey. A monkey flip that doesn't go into a turnbuckle. Colour me very surprised. I've not seen that in a good while. But but then again, by the time Linsky got down for the count, the feet would have been thrown back off the rope, so he wouldn't have noticed that. So. Yeah, but that by that time, 30 seconds would have passed, given the fact it takes him to get down and do the count. Fucking hell. After the match, Beach then immediately gets her quote-unquote heat back by stomping all over Pippa. This was a complete embarrassment. This was almost yeah. as bad as the three-way last week, and I am willing to bet we never see either of these women again. They are consigned to the same black hole that the Dominator and his Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> goth boys were. Uh, they flew back to their own uh, planet after this. I'm looking at their. I'm looking at Cage Match. Apparently, about the the next year or in the summer of 2003. Sorry, summer of 2003, so two years after mm. this. It's American Dragon in Shelby Beach against Johnny Storm and Pippa Levin. Fucking <laughs> Christ, I wonder which pervert paid 500 quid for that. Uh, oh, uh, Brian Dixon. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny's also wearing a fake cane mask. Uh, yeah, well, let, let, let's just cut it. <laughs> Right, moving on. This bit's not making the cut. (laughs) It is. Uh, (laughs) Right, so (laughs) we move on to our main event for the FWA title. It's Doug Williams defending against Kerry Cabrero. Um, Oh, quickly, sorry, quickly, sorry. Just one other thing about the thing. They noticed which one of them was trained by Lilana Kai again, and can they Uh, get their money back? Apparently, (laughs) (laughs) yes, apparently, Pippa Levin. Can she get her money back? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Doug Williams versus Kerry Cabrero. 
Priest says Victoria de Montfort went for the one man who has beaten Williams in the past and could beat him again. Unfortunately, in 2023, you can look these things up. Uh, And according to Cage Match, uh, when this was taped, Cabrero had never beaten Doug Williams. Uh, He had actually beat, he actually goes on to beat him for the first time in Germany three days before this show airs. This, this match, by the way, is, um, I'm going to tell you now, uh, there is the greatest uh, Hulk Hoganing. Uh, I've ever seen uh, in this match. All right. Um, yeah, we'll we'll come into it as uh, as it happens. But yeah, there's some epic Hulk Hogan that doesn't work for me, brother. Um, <laughs> kickouts in this match. Um, they try to add some weight to this by having Linsky read them the rules over the house mic. What he now actually does. Now what we're going to say with this, it surprised me. He's actually got a Cockney accent again after he'd been an American for all them years. Cockney? He's from fucking Bridlington. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, it might have been another accent he was trying to put on very badly. <laughs> so he, he's supposed to be turning the rules over the house, Mike. All he does is tell them three times they need to break his count on five or they'll be disqualified. Something that is completely unimportant to this match. He wants a good, clean contest. He does. And then he just takes the belt and just goes, oh, there we go. Yep. <laughs> Holds yep. up. And then Kerrigan Barrow just nicks it off him and then just looks at it. Yep. <clears throat> there are apparently, quote, a small number of idiots chanting for Williams. <laughs> he just, he, it's Priest going back to being a face commentator, I yeah. think, and just it's not working. Early on, Doug turns what could have been a nasty botch into quite a nice counter. He doesn't get high enough on a neat leapfrog and basically takes a head to the nuts, which flips him upside down. And he is yeah. able to roll down Kerry's back and grab a leg lock takedown. I think it was going to be a sunset flip, but Cabrero turns around in the middle of it. But either way, something that could have gone quite bad turned out to be something quite good. Priest claims that Doug wants to destroy the FWA, but apart from being nicknamed the anarchist, the only slightly evil thing he's done is attack Scott Parker with scaffolding. He was more evil when he was sending emails to Phil Flowers pretending to be Iron Duke Lynch in the <laughs> UWA. Yeah, he'd been called the anarchist for like a number of years now, and he, he's not yeah. a, anything really I, threatening or juvenile, even though I, he's a 30-year-old bloke. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of preferred it when uh, Ring of Honor called in the human torture device. That's a much yeah. more apt nickname for him. Because of, of his, like, technical style and that. Yeah, yeah. no, that... Yeah, but really it's, it, again, it's his hangover Hammerlock nickname. Yeah. And it, it's going over the, like, because Priest goes on about, oh, he wants, he's, he's against my job, he's trying to take my job away and stuff like this, and it's just, like... Uh, he, mm. like he, all, he, all he's done is just beat up people. That, that's all. <laughs> uh, they do some basic wrestling and exchange clutch pins as we go into the break. During the break... Kerry apparently jumped off the middle rope on the outside into a flying chair while Dopey Linsky just stood and watched. I'm assuming there's no disqualifications, otherwise I'm extremely pissed off at Steve Linsky. Oh, 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 oh. This is the match I thought would wind you up. Oh, what's new? You want a good clean contest and then he's just fucking going, oh, look, it's just him with chair. He wants a good clean contest. However, Priest says Linsky won't disqualify Williams because that will mean Doug retains and, quote, as a good company man, the last thing Steve Linsky wants is for the title to stay with the anarchist. He is a fucking referee. (laughs) This is supposed to be a sport and he's supposed to be unbiased. Uh, Yeah. 
Williams is fully in control with suplexes and submissions as Mark Priest invents history. He says Williams didn't have a semi-final opponent in the tournament because he so badly injured Jody Fleisch in the first round. No, he didn't. He had no semi-final because Travell and Scotty Rock went to a no contest when the fucking goth lads beat him up. Uh, Jody got injured in a completely different match. And later on in this run we're going to talk about... He even brings that up and shows us a clip of the match he got injured in. <laughs> There's a moment where I think he's got him in a oh he's he's got him in the master lock. Kerry uh, uh, Cabrera looks oh. almost. Anytime Kerry Cabrera's in distress, he looks like he's almost half dead. Um, <laughs> and he looks like he's about to break out of it, and then he get, and then uh, Doug hits him with a bubba bomb. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm going like, to oh. say the, the bubba bomb, Eddie. Surely it all hurts both people because they're both falling down on their yep. ass. Yeah, I have I have been a victim of a bubble bomb in a training match. It hurts both your asses. It absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, Kerry elbows his way out of what I just called a squeezing uh, and gets a good seated surfboard on, which Doug sells by screaming and wiggling his tongue around before dramatically grabbing the ropes. Uh, Doug avoids the Billericke jam uh, and smashes Kerry's head in with the... No, he smashes Kerry in the head with the chair right in front of Linsky. Pause to see if Eddie has been infuriated by the refereeing. Unprotected fucking chair shot. Yeah, he fucking scones him with it and then follows up with a pile driver on the chair and Kerry kicks out of both. Hold on a second. (laughs) Unprotected chair shot pins him. First sign of Hulk Hogan, Kerry Cabrera kicks out at two. Then, pile driver onto chair, Kerry Cabrera, that doesn't work for me, brother, kick out at two. Those are two <laughs> match. Those are two things that should end the match, and we're only like maybe five minutes for it, and they've both happened at just as like normal spots. Oh, and yeah, Linsky fucking, yeah, I don't care if you're a fucking company man. You fucking said you want a good, clean contest, and you've just seen a man get hit with it. Oh. <laughs> it's always at the referee's discretion how, how far they go. It's very, very similar to football. I've never known Eddie. Steve Linsky to be discreet in his fucking life. <laughs> Williams sits Cabrero on the top rope and tries to Sabu springboard off the chair, but Kerry takes him out of the air with quite a nice clothesline. Unfortunately, he then almost takes his own head off by taking the seat back to the mouth when he lands. <laughs> Is this the moment where he goes ass over tits? <laughs> oh, yes. Here we go. Williams gets backdropped out onto the ramp. And as someone who has seen lots of Kerry Cabrero matches, we knew what was coming next. Uh, he has his patented leap off the chair into a tope. He loves doing this on UWA Rampage. This time, however, the chair falls apart as soon as he steps on it and he falls gracelessly over the top row. He puts his entire foot through it. And yep. it just crushes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I like Mark Priest because Mark, in this bit, because Mark Priest kind of explains a wee bit, oh, the chair's taking such a beating yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I like doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. The, the other two factors are um, Kerry Cabrero is approximately double the size than when we saw him in UWA. And those chairs, I can tell you for a fact, cost 10 quid in Habitat, and they are not built to stand up to a man doing a toe payoff. <laughs> who, who, who did he do it on the first time on UWA? Grand Anua. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then he would do it on, uh, on Stevie Knight and on Doug uh, in various matches that we saw. Uh, Cabrero wisely sells his leg 
probably because it fucking hurt, uh, but then gets a flash cradle on Williams when he gets close for a two count, where for at least the third time, Linsky has already counted one before he's hit the mat. Just, is, he just, is, he, is he just going and looking at it and going yep. one and yes. then going down to count the two? Yes. That's yes. not yeah. how it fucking works, pal. It's half Max Ward. One-na, two-na, who just points at the shoulders. Just go back to booking in Qatar and stealing wrestling rings, allegedly, <laughs> Steve Linsky. Doug gets a near fall back off a sunset flip powerbomb into some of the chair. Uh, he avoids some wild swings and connects with a series of German suplexes. Kerry gets an Oklahoma roll and then another Northern Lights suplex, and Linsky's count on this one nearly sent me through the ceiling. He counts one before he hits the mat. He counts two, sees Doug isn't kicking out, counts two again, and then pretends Williams kicked out even though he didn't. Yeah, he doesn't kick out. No, He's he doesn't kick out of a four count. <laughs> There's just, yeah, I remember looking at him just like, Mate, he's not even kicked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug gets a near fall off the Chaos Theory, survives Kerry's flatliner, the sky high, off the middle rope, and then hits the Revolution DDT for the win. Is this the first time that we've seen Chaos Theory? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it was Remember, quite it's good. not his finisher yet. Right. There was also a bit where, again, Hulk Hogan in here happening was the sunset flip bomb from Doug to Kerry, because, mm. again, Kerry kicks out too. Um, the Chaos Fury, which I thought obviously I, I remembered it wasn't the finish now, mm. and he's like I put Chaos Fury, but Kerry is like no brother, kick out at two and then obviously the top <laughs> rope flatliner but again, Doug is kicking out at two, but yeah, it was just it was so overbooked uh, at certain points with the amount of like moves that should have finished this match Don't forget the age of wrestling we're in Yeah, it is true like, mm. Things are much more overbooked in general in 2000, 2001 than they are now um, that's true and um it's the start of the indie moves boom isn't it mm. as we've yeah. said before don't forget ring of honor and tna still don't exist yet well as we're about to find out we're going to hear that fw are apparently starring a feud with another company in america <laughs> at some point <laughs> Cabrero, I think, has only ever been a three-star wrestler, so there was like a ceiling to what we were going to get. But I kind of felt they were on their way to it until the chair stuff happened. And that's where it all kind of fell apart. I literally <laughs> fell apart at some point. What One of my final notes on this match, Kieran, was excellent match. I probably went about three and a quarter, three and a half on this. Wow. I think, I've, as you know from the first two episodes, I'm a fan of overblown bollocks. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. why, that's, why, that's why Andy was a big fan of Preston Say Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still to this day, Andy, but um, I, I think take away like Linsky's incompetence and how, how we describe it. Fuck, you know. He's uh, a laugh. He is not uh, giving a good accounting of himself so far. It's. It, I, I would say the thing was it started off a bit heatless because they were just kind of like there was. I thought there would be some bit of aggression because obviously in the promo there's the bit where Doug's like, "Look at me when I'm talking to you" yeah. and stuff like this. But it, I, I can understand why why Andy would would kind of give it a free because it, it there is some good bits. There, there's just it's. Fine overbooked nonsense for the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this kind of match just wouldn't really fly anymore. Mm. Um, yeah. Just quickly, 
as we prepare to go off the air, the new breed hijacked the TV signal to promise breed TV for next week. And I probably put brick through my tower. <laughs> <laughs> brick Green TV. TV. Andy Ogden's brick TV. <laughs> brick TV party all the time. Excellent. Episode 11 airs on October the 1st. It is, according to Mr. Priest, a very special episode. And it oh, opens God. with a special guest. Jasmine St. Clair is here. Oh, Priest yeah. just calls her Jasmine, formerly of ECW, not mentioning her actual job. Do not Google her, Eddie. Do not Google her. She is the Blue Meanie's girlfriend, and she is from ECW. That's all you need to know. Um, Apparently, Alex Shane challenged uh, the Blue Meanie on the TalkSport radio show, and she is here to answer. But Priest hasn't seen Meanie backstage. She thanks the FWA for bringing her over. As soon as she says Meanie isn't here, they hit Shane's music, probably to drown out the booing. And she's in the middle t- of the promo. Yeah, and, and, and she's sorry, she's in the middle of the promo, and just his music is. And she's yep, still yep. trying so to she, talk. So she's in the middle of the promo. She's still talking. The music hits, and then Mark Priest talks all, all over her, blaming United Airlines for <laughs> Blue Meanie not being there. Right. Shane comes out with his entourage that is so big they look like they came in their own fucking minibus. There's about <laughs> three hundred people with him. The hooches. Still got the hooches. Uh, The The hooches hooches and one special guest. Ah, we will get on to this. The quote-unquote hooches, according to our deep throat, uh, were usually Alex's trainees from his training school in Enfield. Um, The special guest, Anna Nolan, who was then runner-up on season one of Big Brother in the UK, which had finished less than a year ago when this was taped. And the final of that was watched by nine and a half million people. So people in the UK know who she is. Yeah. However, she was a surprise on this show because (laughs) she just got in the car with Pippa Levin and Shelby Beach and came down with them. And when she arrived... Alex basically grabbed her and added her to his segment. <laughs> yes. So, importantly, semi-importantly, she was also A, gay, and B, a former nun. And I think the idea yeah. was even a lesbian nun couldn't resist the show stealer. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted... If, yeah, show. If you if you wanted anyway, I mean, we always have to do it. If we say it, we have to do it. Um, it's audio. If you only. wanted someone from, I know, but we'll do it when we see each other in person, then we'll all know. Um, when if you're like getting people from that Big Brother, right? If they were actually actively going to, you would want Nasty Nick. That'd be Nasty great. Nick. He, he probably oh, did Craig, wrestling Craig as well. Craig the Builder in the corner of someone like Guy Funder and Nasty Nick in the corner of Alex Shane. There you go. Who <laughs> was the other one who rumbled Nasty Nick? It was uh, Darren. Get him in the big six foot. But yeah, it was just like she was brought up quite a bit and then it was like, right, okay. I've put Anna Nolan of Big Brother Frame as part of Alex's harem. Alex has such a big crew, Jesus wept. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, Eddie, you can relax a little bit. Andy and I were sent a piece of extra homework. Yeah. Um, I like John Lister. He is a very intelligent man. I've known him a very long time. I don't know how much I like him after he sent the thing that Andy and I watched. So Anna Nolan at this time, around this time, uh, was making a documentary series called Anna in Wonderland. 
I will read the blurb from this episode. Anna Nolan travels around the world meeting weird and wonderful people. Tonight, she investigates the people behind the costumes in the world of female wrestling. So this actually came out the next year. If you notice, there's clearly a proper TV camera running around at ringside Mm -hmm. and a guy with a boom mic, which would have been for this. I think the FWA stuff they shot just got cut out of the episode that Andy and I watched. Yeah. This, you remember how we uh, explained to you the world, the additional um, extracurricular activities of Ms. Levin? Yes. This is oh God, all no. about this very dubious world. Yes. Or on steroids, mate. It's about custom wrestling videos and apartment wrestling. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So. Okay, I get custom wrestling because that still happens to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, apartment wrestling. Is this people just like starting like telenovela soap opera like fights in apartments or is this just something that's just the also, name? We get to see a bit on this show. So we'll go, we'll go through it. We'll try and be quick about it, but we'll go yeah. through it. I did wonder if we should have just recorded this as a bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) Or boner episode. Um, She goes to a place in Manchester. I cannot remember uh, the name. In um, Ashton-Underline. It's Joel from Ashton-Underline. Ah, Jeff used to get his comics in (laughs) Ashton-Underline. Not from this shop, I hope. (laughs) Oh, no, from from an actual murderer. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> no, no joke. Absolutely no joke. Someone who got found out for murder. Fucking hell. Uh, so, as, yes, it's a man called Joe. Uh, he runs, I don't know, Incredible Ladies of Wrestling and what have you. And it is uh, it is small audience shows for women's only wrestling, um, which he uh puts on videotape and sells for 25 quid a pop in 2001 yeah. one match per videotape so he's yeah joe and, is a and, fucking creep so some some of the titles of these videos one were called trouble at mill yeah uh, one was um i think um, i mentioned to you earlier this mayhem in manchester this yeah. isn't the one where undertaker loses his gear in in, in the air <laughs> no it's this, one where people have been loses their trousers um <laughs> uh he's disgusting like i was less than three yeah. minutes in and i wanted a shower he made my skin crawl this man he said, he said he said the best maneuver in like this sort of um video yeah. world was the um, the boston crab yes Yes, that's yeah. what their customers want to see is the Boston Crab. He wants to take Anna's photo before she even starts training and says by the time they've finished, she'll be on one of his tapes for sale around the world. We yeah. get training clips and then the voiceover line, after just one day of training, Joe said I was ready for my first professional fight. I wrote, <laughs> Joe is a fucking carny piece of shit. Yeah. We meet Godfrey, who is just as creepy as Joe, only posh. He, he goes to these matches, and yeah. he has a notepad, and he writes down every move. Yes. Yes. Um, we're apparently pretending this is all real. Um, uh, nobody can do a collar and elbow, even after one full day of training. They lock up in the weirdest way. Um, 
uh, Godfrey says that Anna has, quote, a very good double wrist lock. Um, uh, the, we see backstage after Anna's match, uh, and she, they're, they're like, oh, you drew blood on your opponent. Yes, says the opponent. She knocked my cold sore off. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be sick. Yeah. Yes. So she goes to Godfrey's house. I wrote in capital letters, don't go to Godfrey's house. He's a pervert. <laughs> yeah. He, get, he gets a collection out of oh. all these uh, apartment wrestling, like memorabilia. Yeah. He's it's, 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 it's Jim Cornette, but in Moss side. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's a suitcase full of magazines with women wrestling with their tits out. It's weird. Um, Voice over. Godfrey was booked to wrestle a woman in a hotel room and said that I could come along too. £120. I At this point, this is 12 minutes into a half-hour show. Yeah. I had to turn this off. I watched half of this last night and half of this today. This made me feel creeped out yeah godfrey likes to be called the great gonzo he has a leotard he has a dressing gown and he has a hat with the great gonzo written on it no it is not the blue bloke with the long nose from the muppets i was about to say is he not got like a does he have a picture of like fucking gonzo for the <laughs> no <laughs> with a long not. nose no uh he is wrestling tracy who quote cho- charges 120 pounds an hour with no grabbing of her breasts or bum he then, in the next shot, grabs her tits. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's an extra 30 quid. Uh, there is a fucking abomination of a wrestling match on a small green mat in a, in a space in a hotel room. Um, it is <laughs> most definitely for him to get off to. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they leave the room. They go out into the corridor. And and Anna and Godfrey are having a chat. And Andy, did you see the fucking bloke lurking at the other end of the corridor while they're having this chat? Trying to yeah. work out. I think it was the hotel manager, like, trying to chuck him out. Yeah. So a few years ago, probably about 10 years ago, actually, I did a promotional shoot for a competition that Yahoo run in, ran in conjunction with Renault, where uh, hmm. uh, it was... Like three couples, they each did their, their dream proposal one to their partner. I think it was on February 29th, so it was the woman proposing to the man, which is, you know, still considered uncommon. The winner of this competition would get uh, a new Renault car. Um, my producer, who had to call and set this all up, had to sign something to tell the hotel that we were 100% not shooting porn in that hotel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I reckon this was the hotel manager who had seen three people and a camera go into a, a room together. <laughs> and wanted I just imagine someone walking out with a green, with a green fucking ring just going, right? <laughs> He's like, Barbara, there's some shanging going on in that room. Oh, Kieran, one thing we didn't mention was like, as she was stood there talking with Godfrey, the great Gonzo. Yes. She was like, no, he were asking her, like, do you want to have a go? And she like, no, no, no. And then the next scene, it's like, she gets, you know, 
gets to go on top of Godfrey. Yes, and she does. Some of the bits where he, he was saying, oh, could you move your knee over to this way and like, move yeah. your knee over here? Yes. And he was getting a bit bit seedy. I think I think she a tackled bit. him on his name. You dirt. Absolute yeah. dirt, mate. Yeah. yeah. So a different kind of seedy dirt. She goes to see Julia Knight, Sweet Soraya. I wrote, oh, God, I thought I'd have at least a year before any of this lot turned up. Uh, we go to the Knight family house. Uh, Anna holds up a crappy WAW belt and asks, how long have you had that? On and off, nearly three years, Julia replies. Yes, because you fucking own it. And also, as well, <laughs> the first appearance on UK TV of Paige here. Was she one of the children? Yeah, in the... the little girl at the door. That was Paige. Wow. I don't think they're the workforce slavery, but you know, probably from the, <laughs> the gatherings of Norwich. She'd already done three battle royals. Um, uh, so Julia, to her credit, does talk about how much wrestling hurts, but yeah. also like the buzz you get from being in the ring. Um, she has a massage in this gigantic warehouse slash studio. <laughs> Um, and I found myself slightly annoyed that I actually found the Julia gets her Soraya doesn't chat to be quite charming. Like it's clear that the, she and Anna got on really well, and like they're, yeah. they're chem they actually have like good chemistry together on camera. So they go off to a show where Soraya is going to be wrestling. Uh, we see a shot of them from behind walking into the building, and I wrote. Fucking hell, Saray has gone beyond the full litre. Her thong oh. was practically over her shoulders. <laughs> proper, proper, like, cheese wire, this, this thing, yes, weren't it? Yes, it was. A 29-year-old at this stage? Yeah, apparently so. Um, Saraya usually fights three opponents a night. No, she fucking doesn't. Uh, she is wrestling somebody called Venom in a hardcore match tonight. Um, they claim it's in Western Supermare. But I filmed wrestling in that building. I recognised it, and I don't think it's Western Supermare. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check and find out like what it was that we definitely did. You remember when Chick Fight was coming over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely did one of those there, and I definitely did an RQW slash WAW TV taping in that building. Uh, that is the building in which I nearly broke my shin. My next note. Ah. The mental WAW fans. It's real in Norfolk. Oh, my word. That fella on the front row. Oh. Anna comes out as um, as Soraya's manager. Um, I was going to say why the baby face needs a manager. I don't know. She is very much not the baby face. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and uh, there, is a, there are a pair of absolute nutcases who are um, calling Anna a scrubber. There's a guy who spits at her. Mm. Like, it's, it's nasty. Norfolk crowds are weird. Do you think um, any of these people made it to Carrow Road when Grant Holt wrestled? At the... <laughs> All of them. Uh, All and of them. Ben Corrigan. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they finished the match. Uh, and they go back to the dressing room, and uh, Soraya says, this buzz is better than heroin, cocaine, anything. And there's this old fella in the corner who just pipes up, I wouldn't slag off coke too much. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes back to pick up her, her video from Joe, and she decides oh. she doesn't really want it on sale. And he's like, well, he she says, you know, what will it take to get it off the shelf? And he says, well, it's already on the shelf, so it will take me dropping dead in the next 10 minutes. 
And <laughs> looking at him, he looked like he could have a fucking heart attack at any moment. Yeah, he looked like a greasy man, didn't he? Oh, oh. His, he had tons of rings on, and like they were cutting off the circulation to the end of his fingers. Like Ashton, this man- underlines, Ashton underlines Bobby George, literally, <laughs> with all fucking rings. <laughs> hey, I would be shocked if he is still alive today. Uh, there was a bit that fucking killed me. She says, I've done some apartment wrestling. I've been Soraya's manager and I've done this video. And I've come to the conclusion that it's all a bit seedy. What? The apartment wrestling? Fucking died. <laughs> like, none of the men in this have the self-awareness to see the sexual aspect and the titillation aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't get it. Um, yeah, I... I still want to go and have a shower. I want to scrub my brain from having ever watched this. I Part of me wants to burn John's house down so he doesn't send it to anybody else. <laughs> this needs to be removed from the internet forever. This was horrible stuff, all of it. John, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'll give you PayPal £5 for not letting me watch this and have him go through any of this. <laughs> John, I'm not going to burn your house down. This sounds so seedy you're making it sound like a horrible alternative universe of stardom yeah rossi's in a corner going "Mm, like it earlier on today i toyed with the idea of sending this to you and then i thought no no let's keep eddie pure and innocent thank you like us two old bastards who have seen everything can get through this but i don't know how you felt andy but jesus christ oh my god um i said I've seen a couple of clips of it, you know, when John sends it over and then yeah. um, Ian Dice Clay was on about it. And yes, I, I, I thought, of course you know he's what? bloody watched it. He's seen everything to do with, like, cheap, nasty British wrestling. <laughs> and the, the time when I watched it was two days ago on the bus journey home. I thought, I'll hold you off on this in public, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I'll hold off on must see matches for now. I'll watch this as well. Half of an hour. <laughs> the fact you watched it in public. I, at the very least, live by myself and watch this alone. Oh, fuck. At least Kieran watched it with the lights off in the corner, wondering, oh my God, what am I putting myself through? You oh, just I watched this with public. the lights fully on, my friend. Like, this is worse than most horror movies I've seen. Honestly, for the first fifteen minutes, I was chuckling at just how bad this how bad this was. What it, was this on? Was this on Channel Four? BBC. Oh, BBC, BBC of course. BBC yeah. Choice. BBC Choice. Probably was yeah. BBC Three, weren't it? Something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I can't remember the, like the landscape of digital television in two thousand and two. I don't know how this cleared, like you know, Ofcom or anything, because. These, some of these people will be on a on a register. Uh, yeah, BBC BBC would probably like it because of uh, the success that Farood doing the wrestling bit probably did. Yeah, yeah, that was prior to this, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I strongly suspect that because we saw the camera at the FWA show as well, the intent was to make a documentary about women's wrestling in general. And then they found out about the seedier stuff. And when it got to the edit, like that was the stuff they made the story out of. Like as a documentary, this is very sort of superficial and surface. 
It's also a weird name if it's called Anna in Wonderland and you're yes. showing a CD underbelly of female wrestling. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was absolutely horrible. Mm. It's, it's, it's a side of wrestling that I forget exists and really do not want to think about. Her Wikipedia has a great bit. She calls it, you know, she's a part an Irish television presenter, producer, former business manager, waitress, an Irish international basketball player. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So wrestling. Before all that, we were about to talk about Alex Shane. Um, <laughs> he comes sure. out. Yes. So uh, I don't know if you remember from about like three weeks ago. Um, uh, Jasmine Sinclair was in the ring. Uh, she says the blue meanie isn't here. Alex Shane comes out. He does a long, loud promo complaining about not having an opponent. She tries twice to interrupt him uh, and tell him that she's brought a replacement, but he snatches the mic back. The third time, he grabs her by the hair and threatens her. He calls her... Oh, no. A wanky, skanky bitch. He does. Yeah. And I put that down as lovely fella. Yep. Can't wait to bring him home. But absolutely, it just, it's, just, it's just such... Honestly, it real, really inappropriate fucking yes. language. But Jesus, yep. I just cringed when I heard it. Noted respecter of women, Alex Shane. Yeah. Um, Harry Slash's ECW theme is hastily dubbed over in the edit as she tells him he'll be fighting Little Guido. Oh, fucking hell. Who comes out, drops a slur during his promo, and the match is set. I didn't know if he said a slur. I thought he called him fat ass. I I initially thought he said fat, and then I rewound it several times. There's an extra syllable in there. We're not uh, going to repeat it. Oh dear. To be fair, his also the the, uh, the 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 funky music that he clearly does not actually come out to. Uh, that's clearly been dubbed. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, our insider said that for the match he came out to Staying Alive which was the FBI's theme song I believe they used like the bus stop cover in oh, ECW yeah. yeah and he's danced to that many a time in oh, have, yes, various horrible nightclubs with Ben Corrigan uh, uh, yes he came out to Staying Alive which quote we didn't have the rights to did he come out to the ECW theme yes. the first time for the promo, I heard yes, the... but for the match he comes out to Staying Alive also, the image of Alex Shane and, and Nunzio being in the same ring. Yes. Just, Jesus. We will get to a specific point about that during their match. Bree TV interrupts Priest's boring story about breaking into the business. Uh, <laughs> and he's already shaking his head. Their audio is now processed to make it sound even more low rent. So I guess their microphone broke in k <laughs> since the last time we saw them. Curve does a Chewbacca impression, makes a bad joke about Greece, and gets an off-camera slap. And they say they'll be back with another cunning plan soon. Batman looks like he's about to take Godzilla up the rear in the wrestling ring <laughs> when I was watching this. And I was like, that's very interesting uh, work of where he's going there. Um, <laughs> Godzilla versus Dong. Nice sound um, effects. Che Guevara, who's clearly not Che Guevara, yes, obviously. Yes, it's Naughty Holder. <laughs> it's Naughty Holder. Um, there's also a line that Jasmine brought up, just going back to Rewind quickly, yes. where she talks about how she always brings protection. Yes. Uh, and she wishes Shane's father had used protection. Mm -hmm. And then Mark Priest decides that because the, the viewers clearly didn't understand what was being said, mm -hmm. he then has to explain the joke on commentary which yeah. i was like thank you for that because clearly me of dumb mind did not get <laughs> so we get our only match on this show alex shane versus <clears throat> little guido 
The ring announcer's jacket is huge. It's too big for him. It's too big for him. <laughs> it's the style of the suit. However, he's bought his dad's suit at 4XL. <laughs> Uh, Priest gets a bit racist about the Italians um, and then says it's ECW versus the FWA though I should point out that Alex Shane does not represent the FWA in that case this is nothing versus nothing because ECW has been dead for six months doesn't he talk about isn't there I don't know if it's the promo or something but he mentioned like ECW hasn't paid the workers or something yes. like that yeah. and it's like where, where, where are we going here with this yeah Jasmine sweet talks Linsky into ejecting the security guards. The women, however, are allowed to stay, and Shane whispers something to Mr. Blonde before he departs. They do speedy babyface versus big heel, with them running through a load of stuff at quite a pace, including the funniest spot I've seen in ages. Five foot six inch little Guido throws a clothesline. Six foot six Alex Shane ducks it. Fucking killed me. If he'd have bent backwards instead of forwards, he'd have won a limbo competition on any cruise ship. He is, his nose is practically on the floor to get under this arm. Fucking hell. I'd say even more comical than that, Kieran, is bloody Alex Shane trying chain wrestling. Yeah. He knows he's big, but he thinks he's little when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Like, we've seen it before, like him, like the Shane Sation and like the flip leg drops and stuff. Like, I'm amazed he never tried to shoot and star press at any point. He'd be the yeah. longest legs in the air for a shooting star. <laughs> he's such, he's such a lanky time. fella. Yeah. Goodness he, me. Yeah. He thinks he's smaller and faster than he is. Well, the, one the, thing that always uh, also got picked up was a uh, fake tan champ yes. uh, yes. for Alex. Grace yes. mentioned Alex looks like a tea bag. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or, or he probably is like Alex likes a tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Shane Department Wrestling, 130 quid now. There's, uh, there's, uh, I've put okay, good man, big man, little man action. I like the two attempts into the Fujiwara armbar. This just seems like an odd contest. Yes. Uh, the ref just needs to pay attention. Yes. Uh, Shane flings Guido off over the top onto the ramp where Mr. Blonde beats him up before hiding under mm. the ring. And the heat of this match is Alex will beat on Guido and then chuck him to the floor and stamp twice on the mat, which is Blonde's cue to come out and attack Guido while Alex takes the ref. This is total holiday camp stuff. Yeah. Every time Alex swings a clothesline for Guido to duck, he swings it higher than his own head, which sort of defeats the point. <laughs> Priest says on commentary that Shane will probably bang Jasmine tonight, completely forgetting two very important things. One, she has a boyfriend and two, consent. Uh, he says, quote, the Spitfire Cammy won't be happy. Who the fuck is Cammy? Where are we going? I don't, into know, this? I don't know, Jeff. We've <laughs> never okay. heard of this person this before matter. now. This is just an excuse for them to use the to do the ECW <laughs> Sorry, chat fight. I just got what Andy said. <laughs> but this is really just an excuse for them to to do the ECW cat fight cat fight yeah. scenes. Yeah, but if you've got Anna Nolan there, would you not have her do the spot? Yeah. There's no green mat in the ring. <laughs> well, that's, she, she does do a good double wrist lock. So. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be a cat fight. It'd be a double wrist lock and a Boston Crab. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Priest claims Alex Shane is a size 25 shoe, which I find very hard to believe. <laughs> 
Um, Guido makes a comeback with some sort of wheelbarrow DDT, throws Alex out to the floor and does the mat stomp, bringing out Blonde, who is inches away from striking Alex before he realises. And then Tiny Guido somehow flattens both of these men with a dive. Oh, great dive. Great dive. (laughs) Cammy is apparently a short girl in the pink cowboy hat who jumps into the ring and puts Guido in a choke right in front of Linsky. (laughs) Again, just he fails to... The words just cannot describe how... (laughs) shit 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 yeah just just go away linsky at this point you're (laughs) annoying me consistently you've got years of this to come mate uh jasmine comes in for the obligatory cat fight spot guido and alex remove each other's woman uh guido puts cammy outside the (laughs) ring while jasmine seductively rubs shane's hair then seductively punches him in the balls again in full view of the referee allowing guido a two count of a roll-up did you get the quote here and what um, our man Mark Pree says? He says, folk think Alex thinks with his cock. In that case, he has a headache. <laughs> Christ. I didn't even pick that up. Jesus. Shane flees off to the ramp uh, where Guido hits his finisher, the Sicilian slice. Younger fans, this is where John Cena got the leg drop to the back of a bent over opponent from. Same move. Shane takes a bunch of flat back drop kicks but recovers to whip Greedo into a chair that Blonde is holding and then hit the one night stand for the pin. So essentially, the same finish as Blonde versus Cabrero that was recorded the same night. One guy whips the other guy into the ropes, someone hits that person with an object, they hit their finish, it's over. I don't even want to begin to think how this match would have been if the Blue Meanie was there. It would have been slower. It would have been rough. (laughs) i do think that guido in terms of work was definitely a trade-up if i bought tickets for this with the expectation of seeing the blue mini and instead i get little guido would i be happy with that Mm, maybe it depends do you do you want the dance or do you want a reasonable attempt at a wrestling match yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, if you could have got any of the PWO, would would you have wanted Blue Mini? Yeah, probably. But you would probably want to in a tag want. match. Yeah. Well, you, no one wants Nova. No. <laughs> Although he did do an FWA show the year before. <laughs> of course he did. Um, I called this one of the less bad matches. Probably four stars from Andy because it's an Alex Shane match. Correct. Uh, I did put Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's down match again. Not boring. <laughs> Big Al wins. <laughs> My hero. It, well, he would have been in 2001, not now. <laughs> he, he, he's consistent. This is the thing about Alex Shane as we've seen these shows. His matches are consistently okay. I don't think there's been a single match that he's had that we've had massive problems with when we've talked about it. But he hasn't had a terrible match Mm-mm. yet yet um we'll see episode 12 change of venue taped september the 1st at harrow high school at a show called back to school aired on october the 8th um our insider says this is where they started cutting the matches back from eight to nine from double digits per show and started booking with the live show and the tv in mind Flashback to Alex Shane beating guy thunder in episode six or seven or whatever it was to set up thunder versus mr blonde later on Oh, here we go. (laughs) The aforementioned Guy Thunder is sitting on some stairs when Angel arrives. He questions where she's been and if she's spoken to Scott Parker. 
She says, Parker hasn't taken any of my calls, but for you, I'll try harder. (laughs) Her voice just doesn't escape from her at all. She mumbles something I didn't catch and then says she wants to wish him luck for his match with Mr. Blonde. She then misses a kiss on the cheek, which he also flinches away from. Like, this is the last thing they want to be doing in front of a camera. Where is Guy Thunder looking at? And where does this camera like to show you where he's looking at? Yeah, my nose here. He looks at the tips for 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Then, Then the camera... Focus is in, zooms in a little bit to go, this is where he's looking, by the way. He was looking at the third Mitchell brother. <laughs> him being one of them, and there's the other time. <laughs> this is awful. This is mega, and again, I was like, when I watched this, I was like, mega powers, this is where they're going. We're not quite yeah. there yet. He smiles, she clearly looks into the lens as she walks away. Scintillating chemistry. <laughs> Wait for it. They were a couple. Fuck off. <laughs> you could not tell that from any no. of that. That was that was that was that was secondary school drama. <laughs> and even the one before when like he's talking about how oh yeah uh, you you know she slapped uh, Victoria, you could tell they have zero chemistry yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, with that bombshell dropped, our first match is James Ty versus Justin Richards. Justin Richards is our 14th UWA alumnus. Hey! Yes, he was a jobber on UWA Rampage for a match or two, and he also played the photographer in the docudrama we watched. Yes. The hard cam is over the entranceway here, and I like the shot that it gets apart from two things. The three rows of completely empty chairs at the back of the hall that someone really should have removed before the first bell. And that you can see the ringside camera guy looks like Napoleon Dynamite, is wearing seven eighth length trousers and Nike Air Jesus sandals. I like the nice bit of like camouflage bit on top of the in- entrance where I like that. That yeah. was quite good. Yeah, that um, also showed up at the BBMP hall. Well. Um, the this Napoleon Dynamite's ringside camera has a massive vignette on it. The picture is practically a circle. It's like we're watching the action through a ship's porthole, like some kind of voyeur sailor. It's like, it's like one of them. Um, what's it? A tub of Pringles. So you can <laughs> yes. cut the box. <laughs> <laughs> like a kid pretending to have a telescope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thankfully, the other ringside camera is normal. Um. So Richard's gimmick is kind of that of amateur wrestler who also does leg lariats and clotheslines. He's essentially FWA Kurt Angle. Mm. Eddie's nodding in approval. I I love this guy. Yeah. Love it. Love it. He was he I don't know if the hundred amateur championships thing is true. He is was legitimately a good amateur wrestler though. He, um, he, I mean, from watching this, you could tell, like, mm. even just going into it, he's clearly taken to uh, wrestling really yeah. well. Yeah, um, so I uh, was Facebook friends with him. Um, he would go and become an English teacher in China for many years after leaving wrestling. He was a model in China uh, after some Chinese, like a Chinese catalog firm just saw him on the street and went, will you come and model these clothes for our catalog for us? Uh, I think he now lives in Thailand, I do believe. 
it's been a long time since I spoke to him. Uh, but he's a he's a very interesting guy. Generally fine match, I thought. Like there was a wonky moment where Ty was on the wrong side of Richards for the clothesline he's supposed to take, and that's because um, I figured it out by the end of the match. Richards is left-handed, yeah. and Ty is expecting the right arm to clothesline him and doesn't get it. He he hits a great leg lariat. There's yes. a point where um, you think he he either half arses a bump at one point, or he seriously hurt on a clothesline attempt. It looks like at one point. Mm. Um, but I I said I really enjoyed Justin Richards at this point. He was mm. yeah. There was also a bit where the fan cam decided to be creepy and just stare at a woman in the crowd. <laughs> I wrote fan cam gets distracted by local milf. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought myself as well, Kieran. Like fair match, um, mm-hmm. James Ty, who probably end up to be like one of the top workers in FWA. And yeah, we're like, we're we're really seeing him here before he gets it. Um, yeah. like he has never been the most charismatic of guys. He doesn't really have much in. The, sorry, James doesn't really have much in the way of personality in the ring. But he turned into a really good like technical mechanical worker. Um, yeah, that was basically what the academy turned out. Sloan School turned out people who were technically very good, but couldn't do the rest of it. Yeah, was it um, Justin Richards? I probably asked this before. It did turn out to be like a champion in the FWA. He was he he had been FWA champion before this. Ah, uh, before this, uh, right. he was at the very least he had the the EU title beforehand. He's even I think he's even in the uh, opening titles holding the belt. Right. I think one of the things I also want to kind of give them props to is Sloan and Ty. I think every time we've seen them, they've been somewhat decent. I don't think they've been, you know, out of the mm. out of this world. But I think they've been what's the word? Adequate, competent. I guess. Yeah, competent. That's yeah. the word. They've I been very competent what they've done. We'll see better from both of them as we go on. Yeah. Uh Priest reminds us, without telling us in the first place, that we'll have some special words from Jody Fleisch coming up. So I guess he does come back to this series. Uh, Sloan keeps distracting Richards, but Richards eventually slips out of a vertical suplex, hits a really nice dragon suplex and gets the pin. Uh, And then he clobbers Sloan after the bell to get an extra pop. Uh, I call this technically competent, but not very exciting. I'd say it's one of those, like, I'd say a, a, a solid gentleman's free. Yeah. Gets Richards over because no one's really seen him. Yes. And he's went over an established name that we've seen. Yeah. He's he, he's gone over an established jobber we've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, bear in mind, he did win a handicap match. He did against, win a handicap you know. match. Yes, that is true. Here comes Jody Fleisch. Before he can speak, Doug Williams hits the ring and they do some convoluted misses, ending with the champ plucking Fleisch out of the air with an armbar to the arm that he injured. He smashes it on the apron and on the post. Johnny Storm then makes the save with a drop kick to the back of Doug Williams' head and does a promo, taking Jody's place in a title match against Doug next week. There's a bit where when they're doing the convoluted running bit when Doug comes in and they're doing the misses, yeah. where I'm pretty sure Doug tries to go for a kick. Yes. On and then just obviously Jody does the the, yeah. the bounce and then and I was like, ah, oh, that's like the that. I, that was so good. the idea is he is supposed to kick the back of Jody's leg, which springs Jody up to the top rope. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite work out that way like otherwise like you can see their kind of athletic chemistry together yeah but it's like what they're doing is a bit weird for a brawl i've yeah. always like wrestling 
brawls are always a bit weird. By wrestling brawls, I mean brawls that are just like wrestling moves and rope running and stuff, not like a fight. Well, put it this way. It's like if you look at that, and I'm, I'm going to use a kind of line from someone I don't like, it's more a choreography than anything yes. that whole yeah. thing. That is like, okay, duck, duck, bounce. Oh, yes. oh going to try and go for kick up. Whereas a wrestling brawl would be like, you know, an Eddie Kingston like brawl with someone where it's just punches and punches yeah. and tackle to the ground and yeah. being separated. This also, again, just like you see Jodie back, you're like, all oh, right. And then it's like, you just see Doug running and you're like, right, yeah. okay. So he's yeah. not going to speak. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't get to speak, doesn't get to do anything, gets taken out of his match. Uh, which makes me wonder, did they advertise Doug versus Jody and then just sub Johnny in? Because that's taking the piss a bit. What is your problem, Doug Williams? What is your I, problem? I, I would just I would just just sat here thinking then, which is probably hard for me to think, but um Johnny Storm to earn this title match has basically stalks a woman in her kitchen by ringing ringing her phone all the time and <laughs> Has he had a match? I yes. think he did, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. He's the All England champion, which is not oh. remotely mentioned during this segment. And honestly, I'd forgotten until this moment. Yeah. He doesn't even have the belt. He doesn't no. even have the belt with him. No. And also, he's taking the place of his mate. Yes. And his mate's just going to go, oh, well, I can't really say no, can I? Even yeah. though I he, want he, the shot. He's like Hulk Hogan coming to say Bret Hart against Joe. <laughs> he is, except the match will probably be better. Uh, yeah. After the break, get me the commissioner. Uh, Vicky Demonfort gets a call from a heavy breather in her office. Uh, Apparently, this was the uh, caretaker's office in the school, who was a nice fella, according to our insider. There is a cameraman stalking her from behind a vase of flowers on her desk, so prominent it looks like they're remaking Apocalypse Now for a fiver. (laughs) She, (laughs) She hangs up, dials another number, and leaves a message for... Mr. Scarlo. Ooh. I thought she was trying to do like callback on the number because surely the person who would have stalked her. And I was like, oh, that's quite a smart idea. And then she no. just asked to speak no. to Mr. Scarlo. I was like, ah, yeah, no. Uh, she then spots and calls out the stalker camera. Um, and it's weird. Some segments have an invisible camera and some don't. But because the budget is low and it's 2001, there's no difference in look or production quality to differentiate the two. Something that would be really easy to do today. Well, it'd be like the fan cam one. You would just have the fan cam one be a little bit more differently looked, and that would be the stock. You wouldn't have it. Like, you wouldn't, there'd be no need for fan cam today. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, the phone in your pocket is miles better quality than any of the cameras used to shoot this show. (laughs) Breed TV! (laughs) there's an appearance here from a wrestling magazine i used to buy wow magazine world of wrestling yes um uh because wow used to give fwa coverage whereas the other magazine power slam did not oh yeah 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 he wouldn't he wouldn't put anything in there this is the era where finn martin and power slam were very very down on british wrestling Mm. but the app to run WoW was more than happy to to give them pages. Probably because Bill wanted his free tickets. <laughs> I won't say anything too nasty about Bill. He once uh, complimented a video I made. So, uh, Ash announces that next week they'll be wrestling the Castanos to the tag title. Yay, says Curve. And all we had to do was agree that Curve would work for the next year without pay. Curve retracts his yay. I, I kept kind of not laughing and sighing when they keep calling them the Castanet. 
So I was like, (laughs) for God's sake. Yeah. And finally, our main event. Mr. Blonde versus Guy Thunder. Schamberg. Schamberg versus Mr. Blonde. No. Yes. At the beginning of this, I looked and Mr. Blonde were in the, the get up and stuff, and I was like, that's Walter in a Terminator esque gimmick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the way he looked, I was like, fucking hell, this yeah. is interesting. Except he looks like a pub landlord. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Blonde is announced by the ring announcer as being accompanied by Mr. Blue, Mr. White, and Mr. Black, and comes out with four people. Uh, surprisingly priest gives us background on mr blonde uh, saying he used to be phil flash barker before taking the job as shane's head of security uh thunder takes out <laughs> i quite like this thunder takes out shane's rainbow of bodyguards uh with a flip dive early on and nearly pins blonde with a top rope splash uh blonde gets his knees up on a second one and looks for all the world like he's trying to pop shamberg's eye out he just keeps flat palming him in the orbital bone. Like it swells up over the course of the match. He's like, he's prefiguring like Brian Danielson by 20 years. <laughs> um, hey, there's Phil Austin in the front row. And wouldn't you know it, he writes for wow. I would get to people who don't know. I would get to know Phil really well, uh, starting with the FWA stuff. And then later on, uh, he would become, um, an excellent cameraman for pro wrestling. He wasn't a media person. He didn't have any like kind of camera training. He learned it all just doing it. What helped him was he had seen thousands of wrestling matches, knew exactly how to shoot them. And it got to the point where he was so good at it. I hired him to do a non wrestling camera job for me. There's a moment where sorry. And that was a really good story. Um, <laughs> cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. Um, <laughs> There's a moment where just watching this match happen and I wasn't even focusing on the match. I was focusing on the goons at ringside because they just showed no emotion whatsoever and we're just standing there just like Of course. And I was just like, Are these aliens have been replaced with these goons or something? (laughs) Like they're fucking showing nothing. They're not giving away anything. Um it's just very weird. And I was just forgetting the match and I'm like, But this is weird. We are told that Angel is apparently now a witch and a Jezebel, assumingly because she's a woman in wrestling in 2001. We haven't even seen her fully turn heel yet, like, and we don't know why anyway. So this sort of presupposes that she slapped Demon Fort to land Parker in the handicap match on purpose. Mm. But, like, <laughs> but how would she is, know that would be the punishment? This yeah. is this is more intriguing than the AEW <laughs> Devil uh storyline that's currently going on because i have oh, world's end if that devil mask comes off and it's fucking shamberg underneath <laughs> but like this is just intriguing because i have no idea why angel has done this mm-hmm. angel has shown no remorse but also then was just like shrugging and then waving to the crowd mm. and just wandering to the back she's then another segment where she's really not wanting to kiss her boyfriend on camera, even though she's yep. ten- he's technically not her boyfriend on camera. Yep. He's a boy. Off- and he's just like, I just want, if this has been filmed before the reveal or whatever, again, mm. it's just very, very weird. But I do kind of want to know where this leads. Mm. 
there is a hesitant moment where Blonde thinks he's going to take a German suplex, but Guy wants to do an Ace Crusher counter first. Yes. Uh, the suplex then happens, but Blonde kicks out and Thunder's hope spot only lasts one more belly-to-belly before Blonde goes back to the eye. Thunder gets thrown to the mercy of the bodyguards who batter him while Linsky just watches. Uh, they hold Guy for a big right hand from Blonde, but Thunder ducks and Mr. Yellow gets popped. To be fair, good punch, good sell. Some of these, uh, yeah, I've put down, I think, the, the, the group mugging on the outside is so bad, horrendously bad, and then I put, Mr. Yellow got rocked, I tell you, absolutely rocked, brother. <laughs> also, this brings up my the best bit, where uh, they talk about conspiracies, uh, and then they talk about Mr. Linsky being in a conspiracy, and, and then when I heard this, I laughed, because I was like, ha, Mr. Linsky would never be in a, such a conspiracy <laughs> that would take over the UKFF and also potentially maybe happen in Blackburn, where someone's wrestling ring may not turn up. And I was like, ha ha, so funny. <laughs> Hindsight. <laughs> Allegedly, but really. <laughs> yes. Uh... Thank you, legal department. Uh, back inside, <laughs> Thunder hits a short-range spear and some punches, but gets hurled back out again as Priest declares that Mr. Blonde should take on Clive Myers' old nickname of Iron Fist. Yes, I like uh, that. Blonde accidentally punches the post uh, and gets suplexed back inside. Thunder flips Senton's his arm and then puts on an arm lock that, to quote Brian Alvarez, bends the arm the way it's supposed to go and gets the submission. They even show a replay of the, the twisty submission, but then we don't even see him tap out, so I just say, I would just go with it. Yeah, fine, yeah. fine. Um, another sort of all right match. Like this was like two of the bigger lads hitting each other quite hard. It seemed like he really wanted to take Schamberg's eye home with him. He's um he's a very competent worker. His flashback, I yeah. think we've seen with like UWA and and on this show, he, he would, always seems to get a good match out of him. Yeah, he would on occasion suffer from something that a lot of particularly independent wrestlers suffer from, trying to do stuff that's too flashy that their character shouldn't be doing. We yeah. will see that like later on in the run. But like, like in like, general... Like proper ideas, ideas above the station sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, in general, like he is one of the better workers in the company, for sure. I'd say so. I think... The character's quite yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited for there's going to be some development from this character from Mister mm. Blonde. Yeah, and he works quite well. Like I think he's he's got some. I think the match with him. Uh, I think one of well, one of the matches I really enjoyed was him versus um, uh, Cabrero because yeah. the chops they were giving each other mm. and the hard hitting. Yeah. So when we go into this one and again, he's with Schamberg, who it's it's is not the best because. I know he does become Flash Barker in the FWA. So he has to split from the security team to lose the Mr. Blonde name, which means he turns babyface. But then he is a heel when he loses the title to Jody Flash. And then yeah. he turns babyface again. All of this is in the sp- is in under two years. <laughs> um, I also thought this is probably the best Schamberg match we've seen. Like, this seemed very much like the experienced vet trying to keep the green guy under control and take control of the match. Yeah. And I think, like, Barker did, like, a pretty good job. Other than the moment where, uh, and I think we already mentioned it, where Thunder looked a bit miffed, where 
Barker forgot what he was going to, what was coming next. It was that um, German suplex bit, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's watching it the second time could have very easily have been edited out in the edit process. Yeah, but no, like generally, this was this was just like a fine match. I think. Yeah. Uh, we haven't mentioned the credits. I completely forgot uh, all the way through, <laughs> but I do remember for this episode, uh, Barry Sharalambus joins the production crew. Yes, that was a name I saw. Yeah, probably because he lived in Harrow and promoted this show and found the venue. Uh, bonus points if you can tell me who he becomes in British wrestling. Are they still working today? I don't know. It's not Elizar Cabrera. No, no, it's not. No, no. No, uh, so uh, Barry would uh, edit the season of TV after I did. But he might be more well-known as the manager Charming Don Charles. Mm. He also ran SAS Wrestling, which was a weird oh, kind of... Yeah, it was, it was kind of happened in its own little universe. So people had, like, different characters there. It was a, like a fun little cult promotion. Right. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, Andy, any thoughts on this, like, little run of episodes in general? Anything you're looking forward to coming up that they've teased? Um, I think I think it's the the guy Funder story more than mm-hmm. anything. It um, and I know Doug Williams has got his like you know his little title match with Johnny Storm coming up, but it's there's lacking a bit of meat on the bone with his like journey at the mm-hmm. moment. I think it's a show built around Guy Funder and probably whatever old show does. Alex Shane, <laughs> you know you can tell you can you can tell he's a big part of it. But um, maybe maybe them two fight down the line once again. Big blow off match. Haven't they already had two matches? Him they have, yes, but but the, the, there is room for a third one. I think yes. that guy Funder. Yes, uh, and I've just my, something has just uh, has just popped in my in my brain. Uh, they do have another match. I know what it is. I don't know when it's coming, but I know what it is. I, th- I think another thing as well. You can still take away that there are a lot of I know it's that word again. Competent wrestlers on this show. There mm-hmm. might be some absolute dog shit in the new breed. Um, <laughs> Who is dreadful? Um, Sloan and Ty, we said are all right. Scott Parker, he's got a, you know, there'd probably be a match with him and um, Old Schamberg, won't they? Along the, along the lines of, again, they've uh, already had one match. Yeah, uh, probably. You know, like Terry Runnels on a pole match or something. <laughs> <laughs> But as ever with these, Kieran, it's they're an easy they're an easy watch, and I go away after each of these podcasts just like with a smile on my face, waiting for the next uh, next thing. They're an easy watch until you think about them, and then you spot all the holes. I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. At least I've not, uh, I've not got the Steve Linsky hate like Mister um, Mister Sideburns. <laughs> And how about you, Eddie? What did you think about this little run? Every time I come away from these shows, I hate fucking Steve Linsky. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I don't actually hate Steve. Well, no, I just get annoyed at ref work. Shoddy ref work. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I don't know what's next for Alex Shane, which I'm curious about. Mm. He already defeated Guido. So are we getting another American import who's going to probably fight him? 
or we just kind of where he's going. Guy Thunder, I'm more interested in. The, the, Doug Williams feels like an afterthought, even though he's yeah. supposed to be the main yep. champion in some yes, of these. This, this would happen a lot with Doug in, in the FWA. Because the yeah. idea of him versus Johnny Storm is again like the Jody um, Doug match, where it's probably two of your better mm. wrestlers. So I know that's going to probably be a good match well, in some form. Andy, do you remember? Doug Williams versus Johnny Storm in a field full of bikers on UWA Rampage. I do, yes. I do, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can only hope it's better than that. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, yeah, there's just the tag division seems a bit messy, but then again, that's yeah. just is what it is. Um, the mid card is, well, yeah. But the mid card, I mean, I'm assuming if they were looking at it, Shane is wherever in the upper echelon of the card. The title really should be in the upper echelon mm. as well. But really, if anything, I'm very interested to see why Angel has nonchalantly turned on Guy Thunder <laughs> without even, you know, like... No, sorry, Sky, uh, Sky without even, like, you know... She didn't attack him. Mm. All she basically just did was get on the apron and mm-hmm. tell him to pin him when he was already pinning him and it just it makes no sense um but yeah uh i'm i, I enjoy these these are great mm-hmm. uh they're very enjoyable and they're 25 minutes and they breeze past mm-hmm. um it does remind me of how i hate refereeing at certain points but then again i just <laughs> i just get over it uh, you're, yeah. you're our official refereeing correspondent <laughs> <laughs> I will count to one by slapping the mat, not just shouting the number one. Yeah, thank you very much. So that is it, I guess, for another episode. Uh, Eddie, do you want to tell me where you can be found if you want to be found, anything that's going on, all that kind of stuff? Uh, Eddie Sayburns on Twitter. Uh, find me there. Uh, other than that, that's really about it for me. Okie dokie. Andy, you seem to have recorded about 100 podcasts recently. Uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, so um, as ever, you can follow me on Twitter, Oggy Part Free, and um, my podcast, um, the Graps and Claps podcast, or GCP, um, at GCP Podcast One. Recently, we've done a review of North, our trip to North Wrestling in Newcastle. That was with uh, me and Jeff. A quite drunken evening was had in Newcastle. Um, what, really? And, and really? How out of yes. character? And. Um, Probably two of the best matches of the year happened on that show as well. Uh, one nice. of them being Leon Slater and Rio, which was uh, fantastic. Um, we've also recorded the final episode in the series called Shite, uh, which was Shite Volume 6, the final dump, where uh, myself and Matty Edwards looked at ECW December to Dismember. Plus, we also talked about Matty's Top five favourite meats I've on a Christmas dinner, uh, Christmas TV, and um, <laughs> Taz, being, Taz being horny on commentary. Um, and oh, also recently on the feed is the third episode in mine and Chris Wilson's look back at five-star wrestling as they visited the Newcastle Metro Arena in front as i think it, uh, i said 625 people so uh go and give that a listen on all good podcast platforms 
Thank you, Andy, for reminding me that Five Star Wrestling, the Sideburn edition, will finally make its debut in the year 2043 with a 618-man uh, tournament that will take place all across the continents. Thank you. This gag will not die. My regular home is Musty Matches. You can go to linktr.ee slash Musty Matches for all the ways to subscribe. Uh, we are at Musty Matches on any uh, social platform you can think of. The latest episode, which will be out as this gets released tomorrow or the day after, is Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kabashi from October the 1st, 2005. And we have Benno from Grapple on to talk about that because he was there live. Uh... I am at Kieran Edits on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow me, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, and as for this show, you can find us on Twitter and Blue Sky at FWA Pod and on Instagram at FWA.pod. And if you're not already subscribed, you should go to linktr.ee slash FWA Pod. And that's got all of that guff there. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in a month. And there's two things you can do about it. FWA. FWA.